the conversation really could have started about 20 minutes ago when you yeah, got here. Enough. That's kind of, you know, how things go. It tends to be pretty relaxed. Ask nerdy questions about things that interesting people do. Absolutely. And I'm down uh, with that. so, you know, without further ado, let's just do this introduction and then we'll get on, get into it, huh? Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out the last episode. If you're one of the people who listened to that conversation, I hope you enjoyed it and thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Please feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda and water and Red Bull and whatever else you like in the fridge. How's everybody doing today out there in the internet? According to this uh, screen in front of me, it is August 12th. We're living in the future. This is being oh. released on August 12th. Oh. <laughs> and, I have uh, no concept of time, so you could have honestly probably just been like, it's August 12th. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> cool. And I'm sitting here today with my new friend, Jinx. Hello. Say hi. hello to the internet, Jinx. Yes. Hello, internet. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's great to see great to meet you guys. We're, we're, happy to to ha- we're happy to have you here. For those of you that are tuning in that aren't familiar with Jinx and what Jinx does, do you, are you having headphone issues? No, I was just like, where is it supposed to be? It's okay. If you want to, here, take them off and we can just, we'll pull them under. You're right. Okay. Check Science. that out. Science. So, okay. besides being a headphone technician. Honestly, learning. All tell, the tell the internet about what you do. Um, I am a professional wrestler based out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And uh, yeah, doing that thing. That's pretty cool. You are the second wrestler I've had on the show. Out, oh yeah? Out of, this is episode 237, I believe. Who was the other one? So the other one was my good friend Wyatt, aka Remy LeVay. Remy LeVay is one of my favorite people. Yeah. I love Remy. He's a good dude. I've known that dude for a really, really long time. Yeah, I love Remy. Yeah, we, uh, I mean, we met like, like probably 15 years ago playing in bands. Yeah. And uh, we still, we still hang out every other month at Brillo Box for MySpace night. I, yeah, he wants me to go. I keep yeah. not being able to make it, but dude, yeah. Remy's a great dude. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, me and him do that event together. Oh yeah? Yeah. Awesome. So. Hell yeah. Even there more you reason go. to go. Small world of Pittsburgh, right? Absolutely. Such a small world. <laughs> so you are the second professional wrestler that I have had on the show. Perfect. And I, you know, grew up, I think that I'm a child of the 90s, so I definitely had a wrestling phase. Yeah. You know, like, and it, it, it never really left my body, but I don't keep up with it a whole lot. Understandable. Uh, you know, but I don't have any disrespect for it or anything like that. Like I'm super into it. I'm super into talking pe- talking with people that are into it and definitely interested in talking to somebody that actually does it. So for you and us meeting to get meeting each other for the first time today, let's dig in just a little bit in the beginning. So how did you get exposed to professional wrestling? Well, I think my story is much different than a lot of others because I uh, was homeschooled a lot of my life, and it was right at, like, the heyday of YouTube okay. when, um, like, YouTube first came out, and there was absolutely, like, no copyright infringement. So, uh, like, literally just all of wrestling in the universe was for free on YouTube, and somehow just me being, like, a lonely, anxious middle schooler being, like, alone homeschooling for the most 
part of my life. That was how I randomly stumbled upon professional wrestling. And from there, my love for it grew just sort of by myself alone on the internet. And uh, obviously, a lot of people have a time where they can be like, oh, yeah, I started watching wrestling at this time. I started like when uh, this was happening, I started watching in like this era of pro wrestling. For me, I just like kind of took it all in at once. Yeah, because you weren't real time. You were pretty much on demand with YouTube and just going nuts. Exactly. And uh, honestly, my family, like no one knew that I was even like a fan of professional wrestling until I told my dad that I was going to train to be a professional wrestler. (laughs) Like no one knew because I like literally kept it secret from everyone because I was scared that like my dad was going to be like, what are you doing? Why are you watching this? Because my dad's like one of those people that like, when I first got my halo tattoo, like my halo Spartan, he looked it up to make sure it wasn't a gang symbol. So he's one of those people. Like he's just, I, (laughs) he's one of my best friends, but he's like that. So I was like thinking he was going to be like, why are you watching that? You're going to start fighting people. You're going to start thinking that you can do all this crazy stuff. So I well, was like super paranoid. In that, in that aspect, he wouldn't have been wrong. No, he wasn't. <laughs> and I remember what I told him. I was like, I'm going to try out to be a pro wrestler. He at first thought I meant like amateur, like high school wrestling. And uh-huh. for some reason that he was like, oh, cool. That's really interesting. And then when he was like, wait, you're doing like fake wrestling. I was like, yeah, what else did you think I was doing? And then he like was like, that's stupid. Why would you do that? You're going to get hurt. My dad, who was um like, he was a gymnast and made it to like very far and okay, was a, so you, like gymnastics. You some trainer. athletic genes in you. Yeah, gotcha. for a little bit. But I think it was mainly he was just like, oh, I know how terribly it pained my body to do this. Why would you want to do this? And <laughs> sure. it came out as like, oh God, don't. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But- yeah, I kept it like it was like my weird dark secret, and I really don't know why I was so. How like, long? How long was this a weird dark secret? A really long time. <laughs> a really long time. Oh my god! So I probably started watching wrestling when I was like maybe like ten or eleven. Okay. And I started training when I was, uh, like I started a month before I turned twenty. Wow. So. So like almost half your life, yeah. this was a thing. Did you have any, like, friends that were into it that you were able to connect with? No. Uh, I mean, through the internet, Okay. Yes. So, like, did you, like, get on, like, message boards and yeah, stuff? stuff like that. Because, like I said, I was very, like, growing up, I was very, like, closed off. Not from anyone's doing but my own. I was just a very anxious child. I was very afraid of other human beings and just very much raised by the internet and having friends through that. But uh, it was a blessing in disguise is being able to connect with people and find things through online. So my next question would be, when did you realize that this was something that you could do? I guess at some point in time, you had to have gotten connected with or found out about like the local scene of wrestling, right? Or something that was close to you. It was a mixture of my own like spontaneousness dumb luck and the fact that I started doing um for about like two two and a half years I was like constantly doing uh circus arts so I was doing pole dance and aerial hoop okay uh and 
if no one knows, that makes you jacked. <laughs> like, dude, Paul gave me a back of steel. And um, from that, I uh, had always still had a love for professional wrestling. Yeah. And that was when I finally realized that, like, my body had a lot more capability than I ever gave it credit for. And through that, that's when the dumb luck came in. And I just Googled pro wrestling training in Pittsburgh <laughs> and picked the one that was easiest to get to from my house. Okay. So that's how I started training. No, I mean, that's the, I, I appreciate just how real that story is because it really says a lot to how simple the most complicated things can be. Absolutely. Like it, on the surface, it seems like it would be this really complicated thing, but with all of the access to technology and information that we all have at our mm -hmm. fingertips now, all you got to do is have a question, do some research, and then follow up on it. Yeah. Like I, uh, the one thing that I am personally always very open to on the internet and with everyone that I speak to is my battles with anxiety and growing up severely agoraphobic. Like I was terrified of leaving my home. So once that was probably the biggest stepping stone in my life was to just find the courage in me to go to this creepy, uh, this weird line of warehouses in Jefferson Hills with a broken down wrestling ring in it and a lot of sweaty dudes and just do a bunch of squats until they told me that I could come back and train. Like thinking back on it, that's like insane to me that my body would even be like, okay, let's try this. But it's always just like things happen for a reason. Absolutely. And, uh, it was definitely dumb luck and just giving myself, finally giving myself the credit that I deserved into being able to do this. And I was also just kind of like, if it doesn't work out, it just doesn't work out. I might as well try it. And it ended up just hell yeah, changing everything. With coming from that, uh, we'll say, uh, as you called it, agoraphobic. Yeah background uh breaking into the wrestling world and developing a character i know that probably there was some time obviously in between mm -hmm. like trying to jump too much but just that idea of like putting yourself out there on a stage and being very public and developing this thing and having to in turn be a performer yeah aside from all of the athletic things of it you know i'm really curious about you know I guess now I understand that the athletic aspect is what came first. And yeah. then you had to work on the performance aspect because I was curious which one of those came first for you. Honestly, oddly enough, I was much more scared of the athletic aspect when I, when I started beginning to train. Um, I Once I get out there, uh, I'm pretty confident in myself as a character. I'm pretty confident in uh, as much as I am like anxious and through put go through all of the what ifs in yeah. my mind. I, uh, kind of, I felt pretty confident in the performance arts aspect of it. I came from a little bit of like a acting background and things like that. I did oh, really? a little bit of that okay. as a kid. Uh, I knew that was something that I wasn't completely uncomfortable with, but hadn't really found the, uh, like 
stage to put myself on for that thing. Uh, so the more I started doing it, the more I was scared of mainly the athletics part of it and the, um, the actual match structure of it. But like the whole performance art part of it, I felt a lot more comfortable with. That's cool. I'm, you know, I mean, also with, uh, just that transition, you know, how much, uh, we talked a bit about this before we started recording, Mm -hmm. but how much of your personal self, like how much of a character shift is it from you and your day life to jinx in the ring? Like, is there a big shift there? Like personality wise, or do you feel like it's just like a more amplified for amplified version of yourself? I feel like it's a pretty amplified version of myself. I think, uh, it all kind of bleeds over. Um, I have a pretty big social media presence and what I see put out on social media is kind of a more humanized in the middle version of me and daily life and who I am in the ring. Um, I like to sort of keep an air of just like, I don't know. I like having that middle ground, but also being able to go in the ring and really let it out. Uh, I like to be both personable and really just show the absolute pinnacle of crazy character. It uh, It's a lot of freedom. I think the ability to be myself in social media and also be myself in a ring, outside of a ring, cut promos, have like photo shoots, everything like that. I think it's awesome to have so many grounds of putting out your personality and the amount of like daily life personality really depends on where I am. But in the ring, like once I'm actually in the ring having a wrestling match, I think that really is the like a million percent pinnacle of like amplified me. Mm -hmm. We had talked before we started recording, you had mentioned that there was three, uh, three avenues of entertainment that you find very similar. Yes. Would you mind uh, repeating that? I'd like to get into a conversation about this. I think the three avenues of entertainment that are go through very similar facts is independent wrestling, uh, the music industry and bands and touring and, uh, drag Queens. I think drag Queens go through drag Queens and independent wrestling is like very similar, but also like we yeah. talked about the similarities between being in a band and, uh, being in professional wrestling. Yeah, my- I think it's all very similar. Uh, I have a, I have a, a friend of mine who, uh, which to make the world even smaller, uh, has co-hosted some MySpace nights with me and Remy LeVay, mm-hmm. who does drag under the name Bambi. Yeah. That is also a huge wrestling fan. That's awesome. And it's, I wonder, I would love to sit down with Bambi sometime and have that conversation about, uh, you know, if they see those parallels as well. You know, it would be crazy to have like a sort of like table for three thing between like someone in a band, a pro wrestler and a drag queen. Idea going to bank it. I like, would you come back for that? I absolutely would because I'd be so (laughs) interested in that because I like, I'd be so interested to talk about the parallels in all of those worlds, like the differences and the parallels. Yeah, yeah. I, I love like seeing everything that uh, Bambi does online because it just seems like there's so much stuff that goes into uh, promoting events in yeah. all of the um, all of the costume and the makeup work and yeah. photography and promotion, like it's all crazy. this. It's insane how much work 
gets put into it. If I mean, not everybody puts that much work in, but Bambi puts in so much work and it's so impressive. Exactly and, like pro wrestling. There's yeah. some people where it's like, it's okay if you don't like, if you just want to kind of like work at the same place and like not if you just want to work your normal job and do it some weekends, like that's totally cool. Sometimes that's what people want to do. But if you are like someone like Bambi or like a different professional wrestler, someone that like really works their ass off to promote like everything is, uh, it's hard. It's crazy. And, uh, I think it is a lot of similarities between all of those three worlds. It's a lot of networking. Another thing that I think that really pushes through in those three worlds, I think, is just uh, having a certain level of, like, attitude or cockiness that I think you sort of need to have, but, like, balanced, not necessarily, like, an ego. Mm -hmm. Like, having a cockiness without the ego. Yes, it's a weird middle ground, but I know exactly what you're talking about. What was that, like, how did you feel, I guess, like, I don't know, how long have you been technically wrestling now at this point? Well, um, I've been on shows in February. It was two years of me being on live wrestling shows. And then I trained for a year before that. Okay. Uh, But I do consider it, I've been wrestling for two years. Yeah. Being able to travel and do whatever I wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, you know, over the past two years, how has that part of your attitude and personality changed, if it has changed at all? Uh, It's definitely changed. Uh, And I... Am still obviously. I feel like everyone is still trying to find exactly where they want or need to be, and I definitely see a confidence change in myself and a confidence change in my work. Especially is going back and watching my old matches and going back and watching the things that I've done recently. The only way I can explain how watching myself, I used to be so like timid. Totally. Like. And you can really tell when someone like in a band or I'm sure doing drag or in professional wrestling, you can tell when someone is not confident in yourself. So even if you aren't really confident in yourself and you're a little bit like not sure and you're like, I I think I kind of suck, man. Like you still, (laughs) you fake that confidence until you make it. Like you got to do that. Yeah. And uh, it becomes easier. Again, because the people don't know. Exactly. No one knows unless you literally stop in the middle of it and you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. I hate this. I yeah. hate my life. I don't, I don't, I don't remember if the camera was rolling when we were taught, when we were having that part of the conversation. I about, don't think so. Yeah. We, we, me and Jinx were talking before the camera started rolling just briefly about the concept of getting lost in your own head in the middle of a performance and overthinking all the, the nuances of things about like, I mean, I'm sure with you, it's like, you know, executing a certain move, right. Or landing, yeah. right. And things like that. And with me playing in bands and, you know, it could be like, you know, hitting a certain, you know, effect right or at the wrong time and things like, just like little things that most, your average person, they're not going to notice it. Yeah, no one And even if they do you. notice it, they're not going to care as much as you and how exactly. that can seep into your brain as a performer and like really affect your performance when it's like, that's all it's like, you need to be thinking about 
you should be thinking about what's happening yeah. in the moment, but you're just lost in your own brain. Because even if those people do notice that you messed up, which like 90% of the time, they're not even going to notice that you messed up. No. But if they do, they're going to forget about it in like 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, it's like, you ever play Guitar Hero? Yes. It's like, you know, when you mess up and the crowd starts to boo, but you play a few notes, right? And you're like, back yeah. up at the top. Yeah, it's like literally like no, that. No, that's what performance <laughs> is. Yeah. It, it really is. And the thing that I've been... Uh, working internally with myself a lot more is just reminding myself that it's an art form. It really is an art form. And in art, there is no right or wrong. If something is not exactly how you planned it out when you were talking it over, if something doesn't turn out exactly the way you thought it would, it's all an art form. And that doesn't necessarily mean it was wrong or it sucked or anything yeah. like that. It's just, uh, it's evolving and yeah. it's, kind of the beauty in it. Compromise is a huge part of just, I think, being a functioning adult in yeah. general. But definitely if you are doing any form of performing arts in, you know, events and just anything where there's, you know, hundreds of variables and most of them yeah. are out of your control, you gotta be, you got to become friends with compromise. Absolutely. <laughs> Otherwise, Especially because you have to have a lot of reliance. I mean, in bands and in wrestling, you have to have a lot of reliance on other people. You are the only oh, factor yeah. involved. And uh, especially in wrestling, you aren't like, it's not like you can't control what everyone else is doing. So it's a lot of compromise and being able to figure that out, which isn't always a bad thing at all. It just kind of adds to it. It adds a challenge in a way. Yeah. I think that it's good to compromise because sometimes you end up compromising with something that ends up being better for Absolutely. the bigger picture. A lot of the times it does make it better yeah. because it's like someone will come up with something or bring you something that you weren't even thinking about before. Like having uh, multiple points of view is what makes art better in yeah, that way. Totally. Yeah. We had mentioned, you know, you were talking about uh, watching yourself and seeing yourself evolve and watching old footage of yourself and things mm -hmm. like that. You gave us a highlight reel. I did. And I think that we should play it before I forget to okay. and before the camera dies because oh, it's God. already on 24% battery because I'm, okay. I'm a piece of shit and I don't okay. know how to charge things. Okay. So we're going to watch this highlight reel and then I'm going to, I got another question I'm going to ask you that ties back into the, uh, pro wrestling rock bands drag scene yes so let's look, do this i hate watching myself wrestle. okay you don't have to watch you can just okay, drink I'm this just water and maybe we'll uh i might have to I, I might cool. have to i might have to ask you some questions about some things that happen here okay, so we'll yeah, see feel we'll see free. we'll see how this goes I mean, like i look it's pretty cool actually you can turn down the volume too i don't know yeah okay See, you're throwing around some people here? Yeah. Oh, your hair was orange. My hair is uh, usually orange. I like that. It's usually orange. In the summer, I dye it blonde because the orange fades and, like, dyes everything I wear orange. So, Have you ever Don't left you? orange stains on opponents? Oh, all the time. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> so they might, like, grab your hair or something. Their hands are That's just orange. That's legitimately why I dye my hair blonde. <laughs> Because it oh, dyes wow. everything. What is that? Whoa. Wow. 
I had a hardcore match. That was the pinnacle of my career. So that, that thing that you just did, we're going to pause with all the spinning. How long does it take to execute something like that in terms of practicing and rehearsing? That move, things like that is a definite 50-50. Like it, you can't do it to everyone. It's a definite uh, give and take in that move. I imagine you probably, I don't know. How often do you get to actually like, what would you call it? I don't want to say practice or sparring. I don't know what you would call it, but like training, training. Like how often do you get to train with people you have matches with? Um, a lot of times, uh, for the most part, you just get to talk it over with them before the show starts. If you're lucky, you get to like get in the ring and play around a little bit with things and ideas you have. Yeah. Uh, but it really depends. Yeah. I do. I've trained with a good amount of people that I have actually had matches with. So yeah, but I have maybe once ever had a time where we could like beforehand go to a ring and try things like before the day of the so, show. So yeah, I guess my question is with like certain moves, because again, I don't have, I'm just making assumptions based yeah. on like science and anatomy and biological and height differences between people and things yes. like that. Like, are there like some people like depending on who you are, who your opponent is where it's like, Oh, like a certain move is just not going to work because of like a weight difference or a height difference, things like that. Yeah. I run into that problem a lot because I'm very tiny. Uh, and, but it's also a blessing because a lot of people can base for me because I'm very tiny, but there's also a lot of things that people can't do to me because I have tiny (laughs) legs. Um, (laughs) like people will be like, I want to put you in this leg hold. And I'm like, Good luck. My legs aren't going to be there. Um, But yeah, there are things where it is genuinely just like body types and styles. And if you were trained to know how to do that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I guess that's the other thing too, is I think maybe do you at least get to have some sort of like a discussion before, or is it like literally like during the match? Like, is there like certain like code and like signals that you give about like different things? It's a mix of both. Okay. Like, uh, yeah, it's a mix of both crazier things. Like if it's, uh, big, uh, like big ideas or things like that, you wouldn't talk about it like during the match. Yeah. But, um, it's sort of, uh, 50-50. 50-50. And it depends uh, who you're a garbage can on somebody? Hell yeah. <laughs> this is fun. A lot of my moveset is larger men throwing me at other men? Yeah, I've I've noticed there's a lot of a lot of, a lot of a lot of boys getting their ass beat in this video. Yeah, that's another thing <laughs> that we can talk about. I'm big in intergender wrestling. Okay, I've somehow become a forefather accidentally. Well, I w- I would imagine. I mean, I know already. Like, if you're talking like. Top of the top, I imagine, like there's already a, a much smaller demographic of uh, females in oh, wrestling. Absolutely. And if you're, if you want to, I guess thrive in this, like, I don't know what what it would be like an indie circuit. Yeah. Uh, that one way to get more work is to say fuck it. 
Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and it's become a huge uh, movement in independent wrestling. That's super Intergender cool. wrestling. Okay. Um, which I love. And it's very important to me to talk about the importance of men and women wrestling is just pro wrestling. There's no difference. And I don't think that anyone that's like, well, it doesn't make sense for a man to wrestle a woman because they're smaller and blah, blah, blah. Like, I think it's very important to uh, talk about how you can do whatever you want and wrestle whoever you want. And I usually wrestle a lot of really big dudes. And uh, <laughs> like, I know one of the other videos I sent you was an entire like highlight someone made of me just in like doing intergender stuff. Okay. Because I've done a couple like round table discussions of me just talking about um, intergender wrestling with a couple other people that find intergender wrestling be very important. Uh, and it's a pretty like recent thing to be uh, more like widely accepted of just like dudes wrestling chicks. Uh, and it's been very important for me to stand my ground about how I think that it's, um, it's something that needs to be done. And saying that women can only wrestle women is uh, holding back not only pro wrestling, but holding back so many stories that can be told and so many different matches that can be put together. Yeah. And just really uh, not giving pro wrestling in general the uh, the benefit of being able to do what it does and just be fun and art and not worry so much about... Like, you can make anything make sense in pro wrestling. Like, no one got mad when Rey Mysterio wrestled the big show a million times. Why is it different if I wrestle, like, a 200-pound dude? I don't get sure. it. <laughs> like, I, you know, I mean, like, there's... I would say, I mean, again, it's not like this is boxing or something. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, there, this is, you know, these are trained athletes that yes. have an open dialogue between each other. And you're yes. creating entertainment for a group of people that just want to have fun exactly. in a fucking room. Exactly. Like... Like the fact that you need to put gender into it and make it a big deal is it's a distraction. You're kind of I just agree. talking about something that you're bringing like outside politics into something that is like, absolutely. I mean, it's almost like, you know, you're, you already in one way or another, you're suspending a certain level of disbelief as you walk yeah. into, you know, professional oh, wrestling. Of course. So if you're going to it's only like going to a movie, you if you're can't. not going to suspend that disbelief, yeah. you know, fully and you're going to allow like other outside things to bleed into it, which I guess they're going to have to every once in a while, but something as dumb as that, like someone, yeah, something like bringing in people are like so aggressive too about their stances on it. And I get it. There's a lot of like old school wrestlers that just don't want to change their minds at that point. And there's always going to be those old grumpy dudes. Like no matter what business you're in, there's those old grumpy dudes. It's like, you know, they, it's like they want the business to die with them. Exactly. They don't want to evolve with it. I think they just like, they're too bitter to evolve with it. And it's, it's a really interesting thing because this is something that's really similar in music too, Mm -hmm. particularly with hip hop where you have, you know, professional wrestling, as on the scale that it is now, it's a pretty young thing in the test of time. Sure. You know what I mean? It's not a hundred years old. No. Maybe like, you know, there might be some old, old school leagues. And it's just now starting, like 
independence, like what I'm doing is getting its very first resurgence in the last like 10 years, maybe. So it's a very, very young uh, art form. Yeah. So who's to say what is right and what's wrong and what is normal? I mean, that was like something that happened with hip hop, you know, where you get a lot of older people that are very dismissive of what younger kids are doing. And it's like this genre is only 40 years old, maybe 50, if you want to push it in some aspects, it's like, that's not a whole lot of time. You still This has only been a couple generations and it's Mm going to continue to evolve. And I think it's such a disrespect. I think in a way it's a disrespect to the music and a disrespect to pro wrestling to put a cap on it in that way. Yeah. You should, I think like, you know, people should be happy that anybody still gives a fuck about this and they're still like, you know, putting their blood, sweat and tears into building it. Yeah. And there's so many more stories to be told and there's so many like, and it's not like any woman has gone into, I mean, I'm sure, but it's not like it's becoming a resurgence of people wanting intergender wrestling so women can be like, oh, I want to be the damsel in distress. Oh, I want to get all the attention because a guy's beating me up. No, like we just want to be seen as equal members and that it's just pro wrestling. There's nothing different if I'm to wrestle a woman or I'm to wrestle a man. Like, I don't, I think that putting a cap on it and saying what's right and what's wrong in it, like you said, it's just great that people give a shit about it, especially women. The fact that, cause like women in wrestling is so few and far between and especially women that get into it for like good reasons and women that work their ass off. And that's like becoming a great thing recently. There's so many more women in wrestling that are just like incredible wrestlers and for them to want to put themselves out there and be able to like wrestle whoever the hell they want and do whatever the hell they want. I think that's just like, an incredible thing that no one should want to be like, no, sit back, stay over there and wrestle this little group of people. Like with hip hop, just like stay over there and just stay in this little bit of your genre. You can't evolve past that. Like, Yeah, it's not fair. And I think from a, a technical perspective, I would imagine if I was somebody that was super duper into wrestling from a technical perspective that I would be really interested to see like, okay, we got, you know, a a smaller girl and a bigger dude in the ring that have to execute these technical things together. How the fuck are they going to do this? What's going to happen? Exactly. Let's watch how they pull this off. It's a challenge and it's a cool challenge, not just to put together, but to watch. And I think that's a reason why it's so popular and it's becoming more popular is because it is something that like, like yeah, you're who, like, Oh, how are they going to do like, this? It's like, who, who cares about watching a couple big old sweaty muscle dudes? No one throw each other around. God, We've it's seen so it. boring. We've seen it. Right. And like, sure. It was cool. Like the eighties people were like, hell yeah. Punch that big guy. So the other big guy can punch that big guy. Like we're over it. It's really boring. Like we, you have to evolve. Everything evolves. And, uh, yeah. Absolutely. So going into sort of the behind the scenes of what you do, and this ties, as I mentioned before, we played your highlight reel. Mm -hmm. This ties in with the rock world and the drag world. And I think any form of independent entertainment, um, the use of alternative venues for 
what you know you need to do. I can only imagine oh some of the god. places maybe where they've set up rings and oh. you're like, this is where we're fucking doing this oh tonight. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. I'm not all I'm, the time. I, and I'm not uh, specifically asking you to call any certain venue venue out or anything, but just like what has that experience been like and how does that affect the show? Um well my home company is in Connellsville and it's in an old movie theater. Uh it's Super cool to be like, I wrestle in an old movie theater, but it's also like the acoustics of it and like the way it's laid out is kind of a pain in the ass, but it's very interesting. Um, I've wrestled in a bar in Backwoods, West Virginia at two in the morning once. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was terrified. Uh, my Everyone was super drunk. Uh, my like... The nickname is Bloody Adorable, and it says it on the back of my gear, but the drunk people couldn't co- comprehend, so I had people chanting Bloody Tampon at me, um, <sighs> which in the ring, I was, yeah, it was just kind of gross. I was like, I'd rather you not. <laughs> um, they just, so yeah, drunk people crowd, that was wild. Um, dude, I've wrestled in so many weird places. Lots of like, Oh, I've wrestled in the school that Charles Manson went to in oh, West Virginia. Okay. Uh, it's so full of asbestos. I can't actually wrestle there anymore. <laughs> I'd love to like wrestle there more, but it actually like hurts my lungs. It's the first place I was ever able to actually do like color commentary. Like I did commentary for an entire show there, which was awesome because I've always wanted to do that. But then later I was like, oh, my lungs hurt. This sucks. And it's a really cool building because I love that spooky shit and I love that true crime shit. So I'm just sitting there like, hell Can't yeah, Can't you Charles just like Manson get a mask? Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I don't think I can wrestle in a respirator. <laughs> like I wish it would be dope. Make it part of the character. Oh my God. <laughs> like me just doing color commentary in a respirator, I'd sound like Bane. Yeah, hell yeah. Which would kind of actually be dope as fuck. Fuck yeah. Uh, the more I think about it, I'm like, you know what? Compromise. Becomes Compromise. Right <laughs> I can come here and do your commentary, but I'm going to sound like Bane. Hell yeah. But um, yeah, I've wrestled in a lot of very bizarre places, but that just adds to the adventure of it. Most places I wrestle are just like random like VFWs or mm-hmm. like gyms, stuff like that. Uh, so especially with indie wrestling, the possibilities are endless for where they will put that ring. I saw recently someone that I know literally wrestled in like the exit of a highway. <laughs> like they set up the ring, like in the exit of the highway. Okay. Which tight. Yeah. I was like, okay, dope, but terrifying. Yeah. Um, Like I know I'm missing so many things that like, I've just been to the wildest places in the past two years that you've been wrestling do you have like a a count on the matches that you've done do you know i most wrestlers do most wrestlers have a specific count i do not okay uh it's definitely over a hundred wow it's a lot it's over a hundred less than 200 so how often are you going out then is it like every other weekend it's uh usually about every weekend uh the summer is a little bit harder uh, because people don't really want to go to wrestling shows as much as they want to just like travel and do their own thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you want to come to this hot ass abandoned warehouse that we're literally, putting this, this ring in? No one wants to do that. <laughs> I don't want to do that. 
Like, yeah. it sucks because it's the obviously the easiest months for like us to travel, uh-huh. but it's the hardest months to get bookings. But when you get into like the good months, more uh, like the fall, early winter, spring, like all of that, basically anything but months that people want to like actually go sit in a hot abandoned warehouse. Yeah. Um, those are the times when uh, I'll probably be wrestling like every weekend. R- lately, I've been wrestling usually like every other weekend. Uh, it really depends. Gotcha. I just like travel a lot. Like last weekend, I went to Crown. I went uh, left on Friday, went to Dayton, Ohio, went to woke uh, up at seven. Went was to- it at the Rockstar Pro Arena no, place? Okay. No, it was I didn't go there, but it was in that area. Okay. I went to uh, Dayton, Ohio, stayed the night there at seven, woke up and drove four more hours to Crown Point, Indiana, did a Ricky the Steamboat seminar, got eliminated from a battle royal. I drove back to Pittsburgh and then I drove to Philadelphia, did an underground fight club in Shikara. <laughs> um, and then I drove back and got back at like four in the morning. That's killer. Yeah. It's it an awesome weekend. But you're here. And I you're am smiling, here. so it fuck was, it. It's a fun story. The drive was painful. Sure. But sure. I mean, it was okay because I had other people to travel with. I'm used to traveling alone because I'm weird and like I like to have control over everything that's happening around me. So yeah. I'm like, if I don't think you're going to be on time, you're not making the cut. <laughs> like, the, <laughs> totally. Fuck it. With uh, playing in bands and alternative venue spaces on our end, we've actually played in a few places that have had wrestling rings. Which oh, is, I'm sure. Which is why I know about the Rockstar place I, in Dayton. Oh, yeah. Because we've played there. Oh, yeah. And uh, there was another place that we played in. It was like an hour outside of Chicago, and I don't remember where it was. Chicago's a big wrestling place. Um, but yeah, so we played in this place, and they had a wrestling ring in there, and they had people doing matches in between the bands. That's awesome. And I remember like, uh, and it was like, like hardcore matches. And I remember like, Hell I have, yeah. there's a video. If you Wait, go like back death matches, like people like hitting each other with chairs. And oh shit. yeah. Yeah. Hell oh yeah. yeah. There, there was like the like barbed wire bats. I and like it. I have a, there was a, I was a video. If you go way back on our Instagram of somebody getting stapled in the head, right in front of our merch table. I was just like sitting there like eh. This I is the show tonight. You, if you go back I loved and it. find that, I will know at least one wrestler in that video. I will know at least one person yeah. getting messed up while you are playing. It was fucking awesome. But I will I'll try to find that video. But yeah, everybody there was really cool. That was a really fun dynamic and a an interesting, one of the, the cooler alternative venues that we've played yeah, for sure. Music and pro wrestling, like concerts and pro wrestling do go hand in hand very well. And I it's I wish they would happen more often. I wish I could be part of more shows that are like concerts and uh, wrestling incorporated. I That show yeah. that I wrestled at like two in the morning in Buffalo Nowhere, West Virginia, it was, we didn't start until late because a band was performing before us in the middle of Why nowhere. Why did it just happen all at the same time? Dude, I wish because I was like- You talk I to just, your people, I'm going to talk to my people. Let's like, make this happen. While this cover band is playing, I'm just going to go out here. Like, you guys can just make it work. But, uh, yeah, I always think that those are really fun. Those are really fun. And then I know now in, like, the Rex Theater downtown, or, like, on East Carson and stuff like that, they do wrestling shows now, too. Oh, really? Yeah, 
yeah, they do wrestling shows. Okay. More like lucha based wrestling. Oh, uh, okay. Um, that are crazy. They don't do I like think- music during it or anything like that, but it is at the Rex Theater. Yeah. It's very easy to use music venues for wrestling shows because of the like usually like high ceilings. There's nothing in the floor to like uh get in the way. Uh Stage AE ho- hosts Ring of Honor whenever they come oh, into yeah, town. Yeah, yeah. Uh and I've done ring crew for that a, cool. a, a few times at uh Stage AE uh doing those, which is pretty crazy because they'll put the ring in like on the floor in stage AE and uh, then up on the stage is like their back room and like their dress <laughs> and like their dressing room and stuff like that. And where like the commentary sits and things like that. So it's really funny being someone that's gone to so many concerts at stage AE to then go and set it up and watch like a wrestling performance, have it look completely different. So yeah, they always make do with what they got. That's awesome. Yeah, it's fun. So we're going to take a temporary pause in the conversation because what I'm going to do is I'm going to stop this dead ass camera. Hell yeah. The audio is going to keep going. Okay. And I'm actually going to set my phone up to get the rest of the video. Oh, beautiful. Because compromise. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? So, it's the name of the game today. While I'm doing this, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on social media? Sure. And if you have any events coming up. Absolutely. So, my social media, I always get confused because one has an underscore and one has an X. So, I have to like look it up and make sure that I'm telling you the right one. But my Twitter is uh, bloodyxadorable and my Instagram is bloody underscore adorable which are both what I'm like mostly active on. I have a Facebook, which is facebook.com slash wrestlings jinx, but I don't post on it because Facebook. Um, So yeah, those are where you can find me all the time. I'm very easily accessible on uh, all that social media. I think I'm really funny on Twitter. So that's what matters. Uh, You can watch a lot more of my things on there. Listen to me uh, like talk a lot about memes and how much I really like my dog. Uh, And then my next show that I have coming up that is fairly local, if I can not be a terrible person just on my phone this whole time looking for it. Oh, perfect. So they don't know. They just think I have this off the top of my head. Beautiful. Uh, So... My next show that I have, I have a couple week break as of now, unless something comes up, which that happens sometimes. And I'll just randomly be like, okay, time to go to the other side of America because someone asked me to uh, two days before. But my next actual booked show is for Rise Wrestling, which is based out of Connellsville, Uh, They are my home promotion. I love them all dearly. And they will be trying out a new venue in Springdale, PA, at the the Springdale uh, Veterans Association on August 17th, Saturday night, doors at 7 p.m. I will be posting a lot more about that on my social media and stuff like that as it comes closer in the next couple weeks because they have a show this coming Saturday I will not be on. And then after that, I'll start promoting the hell out of their next show and uh 
yeah, that's the next place you can see me. The next local place you can see me. And uh, yeah, all that fun stuff. Definitely follow me on Twitter specifically because I'm fun. Uh, okay, and we're back. Oh, Supposedly, cool. hey, we'll back. see how that goes. I, we, Sweet. We can't keep an eye on it anymore, but it doesn't oh, matter. Oh, well, well, we're trying our best. We'll hope. We it's can hope fine. for the best. It'll I have, be something. I have such a hard time with Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's not, it's not the social media platform that for me. It, for pro wrestling, it's very important. Yeah. I don't know why specifically like pro wrestling has decided that it needs Twitter. I mean, I guess because it is like a very easy way to just like quickly keep up with everyone and to see what everyone's doing all at once. But social media in general, mainly like Twitter and Instagram are very important for pro wrestling. I could see Instagram. I could see Twitter too. I could, I mean, I could see all of it because- yeah. Everybody gravitates to different things. It's easy way to get out content. Really easy way to get out content. And that's what you need to do is just get out that content. So steering this conversation into a few just personal curiosities. Sure. Um, I'm curious about how you balance business and party. Oh. Like having a good time, doing what you're doing but also remaining professional. Do you ever like get wild at shows, after shows? Do you have any like pl- things like you like to do after shows, places you like to go eat, drink, like, things like that? Like, what are you into? I feel like uh, the thing that's fun about wrestling, it, just, it does kind of all like blend together. You do kind of have to have, obviously you need to, after you put together your match, do a job on that, uh, have your match, everything like that. After that, you uh, can really just hang out. It's uh, wrestling is shows are a great chance to see your friends, people from all around the country that you don't get the chance to see that often. So uh, yeah, I don't think I get like super wild. I know that there's some people that get really wild. Really, I think <laughs> the only big, like the biggest no-no in professional wrestling is like, don't get fucked up and then like go wrestle someone. Like don't. Oh yeah, do that. you're putting yourself and the person in danger. Yeah, like, totally. Don't. But after that, just like have fun, be wild. Obviously, like also feel out wherever you are. You don't want to be that person in a room full of like serious people. Just like turn up. I brought my white claws, bitch. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so is there any? Uh, I guess this is a question I like to ask a lot of bands is about like places I like to go eat after shows and things like that with you being like having this like really athletic aspect of what you do. I'm curious about like, do you have like a specific diet or do you just, I don't because (laughs) I am made of mozzarella sticks (laughs) and coffee. Hell yeah. I am just made of caffeine and uh, terrible food. So I try my best. Okay. But usually, I mean, a lot of people, even wrestlers that like follow really heavy diets, once after a show, like you just wrestled, you are probably really sore and tired and you want to go home. Like we stop in at Sheets. Yeah. And like we go into Permanis because they have that like oh, hell yeah. four, five, six menu. Yeah. So. Yeah, 
depends on the okay. person. I don't have that problem because I'm a monster. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Cool. It's just me alone on the floor eating SpaghettiOs <laughs> at 2 a.m. Like other wrestlers are just like eating grilled chicken, like 15 meals of grilled chicken a day. And I'm just like, I go to the gym, but also I really like Taco Bell. Oh, so absolutely. I also am lucky to have the fastest metabolism of all time. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, there's some people. I can't, can like, just- I can't diet. I physically can't. Or I will turn into even more of a string bean than I am oh, already. Oh, okay. Because I've tried. So you got to keep them gains up. I have to keep them gains. And by keeping those gains, I have, to, sticks. I have to go to Olive Garden three times a week. <laughs> so. Hell yeah. Yeah. Tour, it, tour is, Italy, motherfucker. Carb loading is real to me. <laughs> I need it. I will convince everyone that that's what my body needs. All right. So, so here, here's a, here's a hot button question. Oh man. Scale of one to 10. How bad is Olive Garden really? 10 being terrible. One being awesome. Dude, I fucking love Olive Garden. Olive Garden is my all time. So like a two. Hell yeah. I love Olive Garden too. I would die for Olive Garden. I fuck with but, Olive Garden. Uh, the funny thing is I do have a friend who is in the, a professional wrestling scene with me. His wrestling name is Mambo Italiano and he has legitimately come over from Italy. Like he is an Italian man that speaks very broken English and following him on Twitter is hilarious because of his broken English and I love him so much. But um, yeah, he says that Olive Garden is not not great. But he doesn't get an option in it because I'm not from Italy. (laughs) Fair enough. He's not allowed to tell me what's good Italian food. Hell yeah. <laughs> unless he plans on making me Italian food. Oh yeah, dude, you could fucking wrestle over it. Exactly. Dude, he actually just recently had a pasta death match. What? And also I think a baguette on a pole match. His name is Mambo Italiano. Look him up. This just sounds like a Wednesday for me. Yeah, he's wonderful. I love that man. <laughs> yeah, check it out. That is fucking hysterical. Yep. So, cool. I uh, Before we wrap everything up, the final segment is going to be some listener questions. Okay. And all of listener questions this week are going to be dedicated to and from my friend Toddy of the Thrifty Podcast. Shout outs to Thrifty Podcast. I feel like I've, I've heard of them. I think they wanted to go thrift shopping with me and my friend Calvin Gator, and I'm still down for it if you'd like to. Please oh, do. Yeah, yeah. Calvin and I fuck hard with thrift shopping. Oh, yeah. You So – Please take us thrift shopping. I would love that. Yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna give Toddy. I'm giving you a good plug here, dude. So Toddy's show is he basically they take a guest thrift shopping with them, and then they just go thrifting all day, and then they go back and record an episode about everything that they found, dude. That's and he's a he's a big wrestling nerd. That too. sounds like a fucking dream for yeah. me. Yeah, oh, he, I love thrift shopping. Yeah, he's a, he's oh. he's really super duper into wrestling, and uh, I guess the so that was. Actually, his last question was, does she want to do thrifty? Toddy uh, asks. Yeah. Hell yeah. Okay. I want to do it now at this exact moment. Please. You got it, Toddy. We're going to make it happen. Right now. I'm coming to you. <laughs> I want to go thrift shopping. I'm ready. That sounds so fun. I'm so down. All right. Awesome. So here's uh, the next question. So Toddy asks, biggest TV influence for wrestling? 
Um, my biggest influence of all time is Mick Foley. Uh, Mankind is uh, like one of my biggest influences. I'm a big ECW girl, like original ECW. Raven is also a very big influence on me. Uh, Spike Dudley, because I just like to be tiny and thrown at things. Um, but if we're talking like current TV influences, because uh, the products evolved like so much. And I feel happy that we're finally in an era where I have female television influences in wrestling. Totally. Um, not so much in WWE, but uh, in Impact, there's Tessa Blanchard, who is always, like, she is the goat of wrestling. Not just, like, in females. Like, Tessa Blanchard is the goat. Uh, Jessica Havoc is amazing. Um, Rosemary is amazing. Uh, All those girls in NXT are killing it. So, it's like, because growing up, we were in, like, the diva era where women's wrestling was just, like, models that they would make money off of doing bra and panties matches. And like, obviously that was not my jive. So, uh, I am super proud and super thankful to now be in an era where I can be like, Oh, I'm influenced by these women that are making it bigger. And I love that we can all like bring each other up and, uh, really look at wrestling and kick ass together. Hell yeah. And, uh, see women on like bigger levels that aren't just being used to like, exploit pervy men you know like it's women like kick ass now but yeah great answer toddy also asks what's one wrestler that you like that everybody already likes like just one wrestler you like i guess is like like really really super popular and you're like okay i'll give it to him and then on the flip of that a wrestler that you like that nobody's talking about at all oh my lord Okay, so a wrestler that I like that everyone else likes. I'm going to go more independent with these because I'm much more in the independent scene, obviously. Uh, Orange Cassidy is freaking amazing. I also uh, love Nick Gage because he's gang affiliated. Um, I love him so much. Um, A wrestler that no one's talking about that I think everyone needs to talk about and everyone needs to love is a wrestler that I actually did that move to that you were like, oh, wow, that's crazy. Uh, His name is Lee Moriarty and he's local and he is probably like, he's very humble and does not realize it, but he is possibly the most talented person I've ever met. Um, He works so hard and he needs to be everywhere. He, uh, he, people do recognize his talent. Absolutely. But I think he has not had that lift up enough to have everyone recognize the talent that he has. So Lee Moriarty is a really big one that everyone needs to check out if you haven't. Check it out, Toddy. And that's it for listener questions. And wrapping things up, one thing that I would be curious to ask you about is just for anybody out there that maybe isn't a watcher or somebody that engages with professional wrestling, especially on like an independent level, um, where do you think would be a good way for a good outlet for uh, people to like engage with that they could uh, maybe discover more if they're interested, they're still listening to us talk about this and they're like, Hey, I want to check this shit out. Like, do you, like, um, do you think that there's like, um, what, what would you suggest? I'm sorry. 
Uh, I would suggest subscribe to the WWE network. Um, it, uh, has everything, but also watching like, uh, NXT right now is an amazing product going and watching like 205 live is like a really big, a showing of, uh, the product and what's more seen in like independent wrestling and stuff like that. And, uh, from there, I feel like yeah, the network is a great place to start. They just put out a beyond wrestling show on there, which is an independent promotion that they've been working with. Um, and then from there you can find a lot of easily accessible things online, going and looking through, uh, Twitter and stuff like that. Facebook a little bit is, a. Uh, just finding different promotions. There's a lot of places that put out uh, free matches on YouTube just to give you like little hints of things. And then you can be like, oh, wow, I really like this. I'd like to see more of this show or more of this person. And then you can go from there and decide what you want to spend your money on, which I think is an awesome part about uh, professional wrestling and social media is that you can really pick and choose and find what you like because people are smart enough to now be like, here's a a little tidbit of something for free on YouTube. Here's a little uh, tidbit of these uh, matches from this big show. And then from there you can decide uh, what you want to go forward with. And I think that's always an awesome uh, thing to do, but definitely check out the WWE network uh, to kind of, it's a great place to start other than just like be on YouTube like me as a weird 11 year old. (laughs) But Hey, Look at you now. Right? So maybe you could. Maybe that's what you should do. There's copyright infringement rules now, so it's not as easy, but you can go there. (laughs) That sounds good. And you know what? That's all, folks. Thanks so much for sticking around. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. Jinx, one more time. Fist bump. Thank you so much for having me, man. It thanks was for, awesome. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, I love really it. was really cool. I could probably easily talk to you for another hour or two. But Absolutely. Hey. Next time we have to do that table for three and find a drag queen. That's the plan. Dude, That's I would love plan. that. Yeah. I would love that. Bambi, if you're listening, we're coming for you. Please, I, I need this. If somebody out there knows Bambi, just, just let them know we're coming. Because, <laughs> oh my God, I want to do this so bad now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll be back again next week with another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat 2019. Woo! Woo! Thanks for listening. Oh, you know what I totally forgot to do? When you were talking about them cheese sticks? Yeah. Should have dropped in those sound effects. You're right. Fuck. Fair. That's okay. Well, cheese sticks. <laughs> now that's we did how it. I feel about cheese sticks. <laughs> cool. Fried yeah. food in general. We're done. Hell yeah. Thank you so much.